0: So you're in the right room if you would like to hear what it looks like for AI strategy research to have an impact. Our speaker is Jade Leung. She's the head of research and partnerships at the Center for the Governance of AI at the Future of Humanity Institute. She's also a research scholar and is finishing up a PhD in geopolitics of AI at Oxford University. Her research examines how the pursuit of strategic general purpose technology affects relationships between firms, governments, and the research community. Please welcome Jade to the stage.
1: Technology shapes civilizations. Technology has enabled us to hunt, gather, settle, communicate. Technology today powers our cities, extends our lifespans, connects our ideas, pushes the frontier of what it means to be human. Technology has also fueled wars. Wars over power, ideology, prestige, history, memories. Indeed, technology has pushed us to the precipice of risk. In less than a decade, a fleeting moment in the time span of human civilization, we equipped ourselves with the ability to wipe out the vast majority of the human population at the hand of the atomic bomb. If we rewind to the emergent stage of these transformative technologies, we have to remember that we are so far from being clear-eyed and prescient. Instead, we're some combination of greedy, clueless, confused, and reckless. But ultimately, how we choose to navigate between opportunities and risks of transformative technologies will define what we manage to gain from these transformative technologies and also what risks we expose ourselves to in the process. This is the canonical challenge of governance of these transformative technologies. Today, we're in the early stages of navigating this particular technology, which is artificial intelligence. It may be one of the most consequential technologies of our time, and it may be the most important one for us to get right. But getting it right requires us to do something that we've never done before. It requires us to formulate a navigation strategy with deliberate caution and explicit altruistic intention. It requires us to have foresight and to orient towards the long-term future with this technology in our hands. This is the challenge of AI governance. If we think about our history and our track record, it's true that our baseline is actually pretty far from optimal, which is a very kind way of saying it kind of sucks. We're not very good at governing transformative technologies. Sometimes we go on this path and it's somewhat safe and somewhat prosperous. Uh, oftentimes, we falter. We pursue the, the benefits of synthetic biology without thinking about what that does to biological weapons. Sometimes we stop ourselves at the starting line because of fear, and so we fail to pursue opportunities like atomically precise manufacturing or stem cell research. And sometimes we just fall into valleys outright. During the Cuban Missile Crisis, President John F. Kennedy, this stressed human over here, <laughs> estimated the, the a chance the nuclear war as one in three. It's one in three. The reality is is that we've been pretty damn lucky and we basically deserve no credit for any of that. But, as my swimming coach once said, if you're really, really, really bad at something, you only need to try just a little bit to be (laughs) slightly better at it. So here's to being slightly better at navigating these transformative technologies. The three goals that I think the AI strategy and governance space has, which are, are ways of trying to just do slightly better than our currently awful baseline are these three. Number one is to gain a better understanding of what this landscape looks like in the first place. Where are the mountains? Where are the valleys? Where are the slippery slopes? Where are the utopias? This is super hard to do. Where It's very speculative. It's very uncertain. And so we need to be humble about our ability to do so, but we should try in any case. The second thing we can try to do is equip ourselves with good heuristics for navigation. So if we have this uncertainty and that's an occupational hazard of working in this space, then we can try to figure out generally what is like a good shape of a thing that we wanna pursue and a bad thing of a thing that we wanna avoid. Generally, what orienting directions do we want to face? And then the last thing we want to do is translate these heuristics into actual navigation strategies. How do we actually make sure that our understanding of what constitutes good heuristics makes it into the hands of people who are making this boat turn in certain directions? If you'll stick with my lame navigation meta- metaphor for just a little bit, we're going to milk it for all it's worth. Uh, for these three goals, where way you can think about them are, number one, that's the mapping exercise. That's you looking at a map and being uh, like, where are the mountains? Where are the valleys? Where are the water sources, where are the cafes with good Wi-Fi, where are the things that you want to go towards, where are the things you want to avoid. That's hard to do. We should try. Number two is equipping yourself with a compass. If you know that there are aggressive rhinos to the south and good vegan restaurants to the north, you're going to go north instead of south. Um, I, yeah, this metaphor is kind of falling apart. I'm sorry. Um, last one. Number three. This is the steering wheel. So if you're the smart person at the back of the car and you know where you want to go and where we should go, that's useless unless the person with the hands of the steering wheel will take your direction for it. And that's ultimately what I want to focus on today, is how do we make sure that the things that we know are good and that we think are good actually make it into actual real-world decisions that are being made today? And the reason why I fo- want to focus on this is twofold. I think one... Ultimately, AI strategy and governance research is good and effective when it's upstream of actionable tactics and strategies that can actually be cashed out in real-world terms. Now, they can be relatively far upstream. I think we would lose a lot of good research questions if we always went with the impetus of, can this thing actually inform a decision today? So I want them to be fairly upstream. But I think anyone who does AI strategy and governance research, it would be a mistake to not try to think about, how do I expect this to cash out in real-world, decision-relevant terms. And that leads me on to the second reason why I want to talk about this today. It's because I don't think we know how to do this well, and I think we invest far more effort <laughs> into understanding how to do good research, and far less effort into understanding how to do good tactics. Don't get me wrong, I don't think we know how to do good research yet, we're still trying to figure it out, and I find it hilarious that people think that I know how to do good research if only you knew how little I knew. Uh, but. <laughs> I think we need to invest far more proportional effort in actually saying, once we have this research in place, once we have insights in place, what do we then do with this to cash it out in actual decisions that change the direction in which we're going? So with that in mind, let's start at the end. What are the actual decisions that we want to influence in the real world? A way of asking this question is, who are the people who are the decision makers that are making the decisions that you want to change? And they broadly fall into two categories those developing and deploying AI, and those shaping the environment in which AI is developed and deployed. Those developing and deploying include the likes of researchers, research labs, companies, governments. Those shaping the environment, you can think about this in terms of a number of different environments that are worth shaping. The research environment, for one, can be shaped by lab leaders, funders, universities, CEOs, and that shapes the kind of research that is being invested in, the kind of research that is considered within the Overton window. And then you can think about the legislative environment. That's the environment that constrains what can be deployed in certain ways and enables certain forms of deployment as well. That can be shaped by legislators, regulators, statespeople. And then you've got the market environment. That can be shaped by investors, funders, consumers, employees. And that shapes the market incentives that drive for certain forms of development and deployment to exist because of demand or because of supply. Now, if you think about these decision makers, you can either become one of these decision makers or you can become a person who influences these decision makers. Now, this is in no way a commentary on your brilliance as human as human beings. Uh, but basically, none of you are going to become important. I'm unlikely to become important. Uh, and the reality is is that the world just kind of works that way. Now, if you end up becoming an important person, the recording of this talk is your voucher for a free drink on me for back in the day when I told you you'd basically amount to nothing. <laughs> but, If you assume that I'm right, most of you are going to fall into the category of people who influence decisions as opposed to making them. So the rest of this is going to be focusing on this question. How do we increase our ability to actually influence these decisions that are being made? Now, this broadly falls into two two steps. Reality is, is that it falls into many more steps than two. I know very few answers to all of the steps, but so I sound somewhat authoritative, there are two steps. The first step is having good things to say. The second step is making sure that these good things make it to the people who matter. On having good things to say, a quick note on what I mean by good. Uh, good here, I'm broadly conceiving all of as, as good in kind of two ways. Good in the normative sense, in that it steers our world in a direction that we want, and that's the decision that you want to be made. Uh, And then also good in the pragmatic sense, good in that a decision maker is likely to actually take that decision. And so it's tractable and it's reasonable uh, within the frame of of current decision makers. Now, it's very much the case that oftentimes these two definitions of good can go into conflict. Uh, so things that you want to happen and decisions that you think are good for, for example, the long-term future uh, won't be decisions that are tractable or reasonable by any given decision maker's view. Um, so, so I acknowledge that these two things are intention and it's hard to figure out how to how to compromise between them sometimes. Um, I'll have a couple of words to say about how I can think about um, finding some sort of middle of the Venn diagram between these forms of good in the past. But I acknowledge it's hard. That being said, on having good things to say, I think AI strategy and governance research can aim to have downstream good things to say about a given decision maker's priorities, strategies, and tactics as three broad buckets. To dig into these a little bit more, I think priorities are basically what goals people are aiming for. What benefits are they seeking to pursue? What are they incentivized to pursue? Uh, And what costs are they willing to bear in the process of pursuing those goals? So for example, one could have good things to say to try to make decision makers care about a good set of goals, like pursuing safety. If you manage to convince a lab that safety equates to product excellence, that makes it a goal for the lab. If you manage to convince a given government that cooperation is a necessary condition for technology leadership in an international world, that makes it a goal that they would want to pursue costs that you want folks to be willing to bear in the process are ideally things like costs to uh, invest in things like safety, if that's ultimately meeting a floor that is desirable. And then if you translate priorities then into strategies, and how strategies lead to them being able to achieve those goals, you can aim to have good things to say about certain strategies that they're, that they're taking up. So for example, resource allocation is a pretty common strategy that one could aim to influence. How are they distributing budget? How are they investing in R&D efforts across various streams? You can also have things to say about what things a given actor will strategically promote versus not promote or advocate for versus not advocate for. So for example, in a government case, you could strategically want them to pursue certain bills or le- pieces of legislation that could help you achieve certain goals. Uh, in the case of labs you could have them invest in certain types of new programs or different work streams etc and finally tactics this is things like public relations tactics so what do they signal to the external world and how does that affect their ability to achieve these goals and also things like relationship tactics so who do they coordinate with who do they cooperate with who do they trust who do they not trust who do they decide to invest in certain things with versus not to make this a little bit more concrete I'm going to pick on an actor who I think really needs a lot of good things said to them, and that's the U.S. government, or specifically this U.S. government. The broad context here is that nation states... One of the biggest risks is that nation states will slide into techno-nationalist economic blocks, given the framing of strategic competition that we have around AI now. And strategic competition, broadly speaking, exacerbates a number of AI risks that we care about. I won't go into detail now, but we've written a fair amount about it at GovAI. And so the thing you want to prevent is the sliding into various economic blocks and and the sort of nationalization of various bits of AI R&D in the process. Now, if you look at kind of a caricature of the US government's position now, I say caricature because it's not at all clear that they actually have a coherent strategy, but if you look at a caricature of their strategy now, it looks something like moving in the direction of sliding into these blocks, and that's a bad thing. If you look at their priorities, it's broadly something like pursuing technology leadership in both the economic and military sense, and also as a corollary of that, uh, preserving and maintaining national security. Uh, costs that they may be willing to bear in extreme circumstances would be anything that is required to gain control of the AI R&D pipeline and to secure it within national borders. Now that has cashed out and them making moves to do certain things around the strategy and tactics space. So for example, the Cifrius reforms of 27 2018 and export controls announcements in November 2018 onwards. Those are indications of the U.S. government wanting to take something of a stance of moving more towards preserving domestic capacity for AI R&D at the at the cost of investing in international efforts and transnational communities, and also with the explicit attention of shutting out foreign competitors and adversaries. So if, if you look at this, their priorities, strategies, and tactics are broadly pointing in some kind of direction where it's it's America first in AI. Uh, and the, the kind of footnotes there are, you know, America first, maybe the world in the long term suffers, that's too bad. Uh, America first, that's mutually exclusive to China, that's definitely what they want, etc. So those are kinds of stances that you're seeing the U.S. posture kind of point towards now. If you wanted to have good things to say to the U.S. government, one could aim to have good things to say to convince them that their priorities, strategies and tactics should move in a different direction. So, for example, desirable priorities could be technology leadership, but technology here being equated or leadership rather being equated to leading with the global kind of cosmopolitan viewpoint in mind. You can have them want to pursue these priorities, but being willing to bear the costs of investing in things like common goods, like safety research, in order to pursue this in a responsible way. Strategies and tactics you could aim to inform them of in conducting this research will be how they can go about doing so. So what international efforts should they be investing in? Who should they be allying with? And who should they be cooperating with? What kind of signals should they be sending externally to ensure that others that are of a similar view about what technology leadership looks like will face in the same direction? So one can hope that you can orient them in that direction. But ultimately, the point here is that this is the kind of set of decisions that you want to influence the US government on when you're ultimately conducting AI strategy and governance research upstream. Then on making the good things heard. So now you, you have some broad sense of how you want this thing to go and what you think is broadly good. Uh, and then you've got the mega task of trying to make that actually the thing that happens in the real world in the first place. I've got a couple of suggestions, I think, for how we can think about doing that. The first one is to filter good things for tractable good things. And I think I say tractable here primarily to mean things that are going to make sense and are going to sit well or sit at least somewhat well with current decision makers such that they are likely to do something about it. I think there are a couple of ways you can think about doing that. One is finding hooks between things that one cares about, that you care about, um, and things that this decision maker cares about, and finding that kind of intersection of that venn diagram that i was talking about before Um, so one canonical bifurcation which i don't actually like all that much is the the bifurcation between near-term concerns and long-term concerns and as an example here near-term concerns are kinds of things that are like politically salient now you can have a discussion in congress about it and not look nuts The things that are long term concerns are broadly things that will make you look a little bit wacky at the moment. There are some things at the intersection which could lead you to talking about near term concerns in a way that lays the foundations for things like long term concerns that you actually care about seeding discussions around. So for example, a candidate here could be things like automation of jobs. Automation of manufacturing jobs is a huge discussion in the US at the moment. That's a microcosm of a much larger scale problem, which could be large scale massive labor displacement, large scale economic disruptions, distributions in economic power in ways that are desirable versus not desirable and so that's a long-term set of concerns it's a high stakes set of concerns the existing microcosm of it being talked about in the context of truck drivers in the u.s is maybe your inroad into making the long-term concerns relevant a similar thing can be said about the u.s and china so talking about the u.s posture towards china is currently everything that people in dc care about um, and that particular posture and what the u.s does and signals to the u.s now is going to be relevant to how this particular bilateral relationship pans out in the future and that's ultimately incredibly relevant for how certain race dynamics pan out in the case of AI. And so inserting yourself into the conversation now and broadly trying to steer the U.S.'s strategy towards China uh, is, is plausibly something that could lead you towards addressing some of these long-term concerns in the first place. Then when you're talking about having filtered for these things that are tractable, then you need to do the work of translating it into things that are digestible for decision makers. The assumption here is that decision-makers are often, A, very time-constrained and attention-constrained. And so, B, will largely take things only when they are digestible and easy to remember and come kind of in the form of memes. And unfortunately, long, well-argued, epistemically robust, thoughtful pieces end up not really being uh, as impactful as one would hope they would be in the current context of decision-making. Superintelligence is perhaps one of the best examples of this. was an incredibly robust, epistemically thought-out piece uh, Uh, But ultimately, the meme it was boiled down to for the vast majority of people is smart Oxford academics think AI is going to kill us. Uh, And that's the meme that we ended up getting. So the claim here is something like, don't try to beat them with nuance. Try to just play this meme game and come up with better memes. As an example, I think here are three examples of memes that are currently in danger of taking off. Um, the US and China are in an arms race. Whoever wins gets this thing called a decisive strategic advantage. Uh, safety is always orthogonal to performance. It's not super clear to me that all of these things are true. And for some of them, I'm quite sure that I don't want them to, to be claimed as true. Um, but they are being, they are being propagated Uh, and ways that are informing decisions that are currently being made. Uh, And I think that's a bad thing. I think one thing that one can focus on then in terms of trying to have good things to say and making these good things heard is to translate your good things into things that are digestible in a similarly easy way. So for example, candidates for memes could be things like the equivalent of leading in the AI space is to care about safety and governance. Um, The windfall distributions um, from a transformative AI should be distributed according to some common good principle, which you will hear about in a second from from Cullen. Uh, And governance doesn't equal government regulation. Hence, multiple actors have responsibility to govern well. So those are candidates of things that we could try to make and propagate uh, in similar ways. The claim here is that unless propagated in similarly easy ways, it's going to be very hard to compete uh, with bad narratives out there. And the last thing I'll say is that the last step is ultimately to make these things reach some circle of influence. So model your actor well. So say if you're example going to target a specific lab, try to figure out who people in that lab are that make decisions, who do they care about, who do they listen to, and then target your specific messages and work with those particular circles of influence in order to get the thing heard. So that's my hot take on how things can be made slightly more relevant in, in a real world sense in the AI strategy and governance space. Some last things to leave you with are the main points that I want you to take away. Number one is that ultimately the impact of this work is going to be contingent on how good our tactics are. The claim that I've made today is that we need to put far more work into this than we currently are, I have uncertainty about how well we can currently do that and how, how much sort of distributed effort we should put into that space. But broadly speaking, and I don't think we understand how to do this tactics piece well. And it's going to be the bottleneck that kicks in at some point relevant uh, as soon as we, we have research relevant insights that we want to propagate. So be intentional about investing in that effort is kind of the point here. The second is that exercising this influence is going to be a messy political game. The world, in decision-making at least, is very confused, it's muddled, it's parochial, um, and it's very suboptimal. So we can have a bit of a cry about how suboptimal it is, but ultimately we need to realize that we need to work with that kind of system. And so having effective navigation strategies is going to require us working within a set of politics that we may disagree with to some extent in terms of values and how it's orienting, but ultimately we need to be tactical about doing so. And the last message is, ultimately, that this is very, very hard. Governance is a very hard navigation challenge. We basically have no track record of doing it well. And so we should be very, very humble about our ability to do so, because at the moment, we don't know that we can do it, but we can try our best. On that uplifting note, thank you so much for listening.
0: Thank you for that talk. Um, this is certainly an area of personal interest, and I imagine it is for many people here. So it's nice to have a, a sense of how to navigate this space. Um, yeah, so uh, as a reminder, feel free to submit questions in the BISBO app, and I'll start taking the ones we have thus far. Um, yeah, I guess I wanted to get started with something that you were ending on. You said that, you know, we're dealing with systems and and kind of trying to orient conversations, given the the uh difficult systems that we might be operating in uh to what extent do you even think it's possible to um you know um, convey moderate sort of conclusions or get people to think more clearly and should we instead just be focusing on on institutional change
1: right um i think i think there's things that we need to try out um, so institutional change is valuable uh, attempting to communicate to existing decision makers in existing institutions is valuable. I don't think we know enough about what's necessary and how trackable certain things are in order to sort of put all our eggs in one basket so maybe one meta point um, is as a field I think we need to be, robust in terms of diversifying our strategies, broadly speaking. Um, so for example, I think some people should be focusing on modeling existing decision-makers very well, uh, and particularly decision-makers that we have somewhat high credence that they're going to be relevant. Um, and then I think others uh could take the view uh and and within this space I think some people should take the view uh that existing institutions are insufficient uh and that institutional change is ultimately what is required and then that becomes a particular strategy that is pursued. So across the field I think uh, all of this is like shrouded in enough uncertainty about what's going to be relevant and what's tractable in that space um that I I would sort of encourage folks
0: to diversify within within that space. Cool. Um- you focused on the U.S. government as one of the actors that people might pay particular attention to. Are there others, assuming that you're not well situated to be focusing on the U.S. government, that mm-hmm. you would recommend people pay attention to?
1: Yeah, I think um, so I generally advocate for focusing on governments more than uh, or focusing on modeling governments more so than particular private actors. Um, so relevant governments, for example, like the Chinese government would be worth focusing on. The reason why I think that's relevant is because I think you've got a better shot at modeling them based on history. Uh, and I think you just have like more variance and anomaly in existing private actor spaces um, for this to to be all that robust. So I generally I think like first rank order would be something like focus on a set of governments that like one places high credence on being relevant, and then the second thing is focusing on those that you place relatively high credence on being sort of important developers of this technology. Um, so the canonical ones would be something like DeepMind and OpenAI, and there are others that are worth focusing on too. Right. Great.
0: Um, yeah, so I think someone could construe your advice as um, understand what's happening currently in the policy landscape and a variety of academic disciplines that people spend their lives trying to understand, mm-hmm. and meld all of those together into a recommendation for policymakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that could feel a little overwhelming as right. as a piece of advice. If if someone is to start somewhere and hasn't worked in this field before, what what would you say is the the minimum thing that they definitely should be paying attention to? Um mmm good question um,
1: yeah so if you're not gonna try to do all the things which is good <laughs> advice um, I think the specific set of things that are probably worth focusing on um, one can narrow down the space of things that one should be focusing on based on this general sense of like competitive advantage I would guess um, so uh, figure out and think through uh, which arenas of like policy and decisions are areas where you're likely to be able to influence the most, um, and then take all of this but focus specifically on that subset of actors. So ADK would be the area to, to look at in terms of trying to figure out what would constitute comparative advantages, um, but thinking through uh, if you have a particular predisposition or a particular like ad- advanced knowledge base about like, how to model certain decision makers, um, then focusing on those first, I guess, would be the recommendation.
0: And uh, assuming a person doesn't have expertise in one area or the other, and you were just trying to fill a, a vacuum of understanding somewhere in this AI strategy realm, what would you ideally send somebody to get some expertise in?
1: Oh, team, hard question. <laughs> um, there's a lot of resources that are out there that can help Ariant, uh particularly around the research space, more so than this like bit around tactics. Um but good places to start would be um, just saying, our website, it's pretty good. Uh, there's stuff on our website, there's a research agenda which has a lot of particular footnotes and like bits and pieces of references that are very useful. Uh, that's a good place to start. And then there's also um, a blog post by Vishal Mani from DeepMind uh, which I can point you towards he can point you towards and he's compiling a set of resources to help uh, folks start in this space as well. Um, and then if you're particularly interested in getting deeper, always welcome to email me uh, and I can send you specific things around certain topics that you want
0: a bit more clarity on. Cool. Well, uh, with that, uh, join me in thanking Jade for her talk.